On today's Locked on Jayhawks, Big 12 preseason basketball honors picks, Big 12 media day today. We're going to talk plenty of KU basketball, previewing the season in accordance with the rest of the conference. You are Locked on Jayhawks, your daily podcast on the Kansas Jayhawks, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Derek Johnson. You can hear me as well Monday through Friday from 3 to 6 p.m. on KLWN in Lawrence with Rock Chalk Sports Talk. Thanks for making Locked on Jayhawks your first listen every day and all the everydayers out there. Shout out to you. You can find our show anywhere you get any of your podcasts as well as YouTube where you can like and subscribe to our YouTube page. Before we get into our KU basketball preview today in accordance with the Big 12 12 men's basketball media day kind of preview game men's basketball picked first some of the player awards thoughts around the conference today's episode is brought to you by prize picks go to prizepicks.com slash locked on college and use code locked on college for a first deposit match up to 100 daily fantasy sports made easy with prize picks all right so uh ku picked first in the big 12 shocker surprise surprise as we uh head to big 12 media day here and uh by the way a week from this Sunday will be the KU exhibition game against Illinois. So that makes it, what, like 10, 11 days away. Uh, but KU picked first. They got 12 first-place votes. Houston was picked second. They got two first-place votes, which, interesting, you can't vote for yourself. So I think it's clear, obviously, Bill Self voted for Houston. But trying to figure out who the other person who voted Houston first was. Do you think it was Scott Drew? That would be a uh, Scott Drew thing for funsies. What if it was one of the other new schools that played Houston in the American and is like, no, trust me, they're really good. I'm telling you, we're going to pick them uh, to win the conference. So I don't know who that other person would be. I think it would be very interesting to try to find out who exactly that other person who picked them was. Not that it's crazy. I don't think it is crazy if, if Houston were to win the league. And I think uh, part of the new Big 12 imbalance schedules is going to make it so that you could have a team who finishes, you know, hypothetically – 13 and five, but their 13 and five is better than a team who finishes 14 and four because uh, the team who went 13 and five had to play, you know, five games against the other top four teams in the conference, whereas the other team only had to play two games against the top four, right? Like the inbound schedule is going to make winning the championship, I think, both harder and maybe less important, depending on if you have an easier or worse schedule. We see it all the time in the Big Ten. Like sometimes a team will just have an easier schedule and win the Big Ten. And yeah, it's, it's kind of weird. But anyway, uh, as far as who's up next in the, the Big 12 preseason poll, so Kansas 1, Houston 2, Texas 3, Baylor 4, TCU 5. Then you get to K-State at 6, Iowa State at 7, Texas Tech at 8, West Virginia at 9, Oklahoma State at 10. And the last four goes Cincinnati, Oklahoma, BYU, and UCF. It seems like to me, if you were tearing out the conference, if you were trying to decide you know, what teams do you think has the best chance of doing this or, or something like that? I'm going to tier these out into different rankings. Tier one for me would be Kansas and Houston. I would define tier one for me as not just being seemingly the, the best in the league, but also national title contenders. And I think that highly of this Houston team. Houston's got really good guards, Jabal Shed, LJ Cryer. They've, they've got uh, Terrence Arsenault. Uh, it's kind of a guard wing, and uh, some of the forwards they bring back, even I think Juwan Roberts is, is in line to have a good season for them. I like a lot of the players on this Houston team. They're going to play tough, really good coaching with Calvin Sampson. Obviously, with Bill Self with Kansas, they're a national title contender. They got picked number one in the AP poll. So 
um, in, in the preseason. Obviously, they'd be in tier one as well. I view both these teams as being legit Big 12 title contenders and national title contenders. So they're in tier one for me. Tier two for me would be teams that I think are kind of on that next level that it wouldn't surprise me if they ended up winning the conference or getting a share of the conference win. And I think have the components to be you know contenders in the Big 12 that I'm not necessarily expecting to win the league, but I think can at least hang around and then make deep runs in March Madness. That would feature Texas for me. I think they, you could argue Texas might have the second best. I, I think Kansas is the best starting five in the Big 12. I think Texas is the second best starting five. Um, I think Kansas has a little more depth than Texas does, or at least more playable depth. Like Kansas obviously doesn't have a ton of depth. They're only going to have like four scholarship players, but the scholarship players you're going to have coming off the bench, like having an El Marco or a Nick Timberlake, whichever one is coming off the bench is a very useful tool to have. And you have the coaching advantage with uh, having Bill Self. But Texas is up there in tier two for me. Baylor I have in tier two. I honestly am almost tempted to put them in tier three. I think they have enough talent at the center position to rotate around. Uh, Ray J. Dennis coming over. Jacoby Walter should be a really good possible one-and-done freshman for them. Jalen Bridges, I think, is going to take another step forward. Baylor's really good. But if the Ray J. Dennis thing doesn't hit, I think I could take them into tier three. But I will have them in tier two now out of respect for what they've been as a program. And then Kansas State. I think Kansas State's going to be really good. Uh, I think they might be being slept on a little bit, being picked sixth. I would probably have them third or fourth, to be completely honest. Um, I think Tyler Perry. Perry is going to be one of the best guards in the Big 12. Arthur Kaluma is and Naquan Tomlin. That's one of the best wing slash forward positions in the Big 12. And I think they have enough elsewhere with a good coach in in uh, in uh, Jeremy Tang that I actually think they're going to finish better than Baylor. Uh, okay, uh, on to tier three, though. This is my tier of teams I consider dark horses for the Big 12 and teams that I think can be NCAA tournament teams that can win a game or two, make a second weekend in the tournament if it shakes right. Uh, TCU and Iowa State. Uh, TCU, you lose some key players like Mike Miles, but they do have enough players coming back like your Emmanuel Millers of the world. And the transfers are going to be interesting because they're talented players, but it doesn't seem like you've solved your question about shooting. I do think they have enough there with athleticism and what Jamie Dixon uh, has done the last couple of years, and he's a good coach that I think they'll be kind of in this middle tier that they'll beat. You know, we've seen them beat Kansas recently. They could beat a Houston, but in the long run, won't win the conference because they'll lose other games. Iowa State is an interesting one. You could convince me they could go up to Tier 2. You could convince me they could drop to Tier 4. I stuck them in the middle in Tier 3. Um, theoretically, TJ Otzelberger has done a lot with less. He's been able to really get Iowa State up into a good spot with or without you know highly talented players. They've hit the transfer portal well. Now they have a bunch of really highly recruited guys. The positive of that is that you have a higher ceiling than maybe you did in the past couple of years. The negative is it usually takes younger players time. And some of the transfers they bought in in your past are guys that could maybe hit the ground running a little bit more. So from that perspective, I could see Iowa State being a higher ceiling team, but a lower floor team. But I put them in uh, with tier three here because I just love what TJ Osselberger has done. Tier four for me are teams that I, I consider NCAA tournament teams and maybe have a chance to get up to tier three. Um, Texas Tech, West Virginia, Oklahoma State. Uh, but maybe I have a little bit more questions about them than in Tier 3. Because with Oklahoma State, yeah, you could convince me they're the next tier down. I, I don't totally know what to expect. Tech, I'm a little more bullish on that they should be an NCAA tournament team. Grant McCasland, I think, really good hire for them. And I like some of the transfer portal additions that they brought in. West Virginia, talent-wise on the roster, I mean, you could convince me maybe they're even low-end Tier 2. But with the coaching situation, with some of the other you know late transfers, roster uncertainty, of Jose Perez just transferred to Arizona State, 
I'm putting them in tier four with just so much kind of questions going on. And then tier five for me are teams that I think all teams in the Big 12 are honestly teams that if, if things go right for could make the NCAA tournament. So I don't have any tier uh, except for maybe tier six. Tier six is just going to be UCF by themselves. Tier five, I think, is you could still make a tournament and hop into tier four but I just have you on the outside right now. Cincinnati, Oklahoma, and BYU. Honestly, BYU would be the one that I'm most like, okay, I think they're the closest to maybe hopping into Tier 4. Obviously, the exceptions for KU are, or the expectations, excuse me, are to win the league, make a Final Four, um, heck, make up for the one you lost in 2018, and compete to win a national title, if not win the national title. Those are the expectations seemingly every year for Kansas. It comes with the territory, but it further comes with it when you're the preseason number one team in the AP pool. It feels like, to me, Kansas has the best center, maybe the best overall player with Hunter Dickinson, the best point guard with Dewan Harris, the two best defenders with Dewan and Kevin McCuller, uh, veteran leadership. You have three or five starters back from last year's team that got a one seed, and several other role players or highly recruited guys to kind of fill out the roster, combined with the best X's and O's coach in the country uh, with Bill Self. It's a good mix, and obviously not a surprise to see where Kansas is picked. One thing that makes this Big 12 title, though, a, a bit different, though, going back to the schedule stuff, is that it is going to be imbalanced, and it will be moving forward. I, I think it's going to make it harder for a team like Kansas to win the league because typically you're going to be playing in tougher schedules, whereas maybe your surprise team who is picked fourth and maybe has a slightly easier schedule ends up with an easier route to getting the same amount of wins or more wins than you had. But in terms of how they live up to these expectations, if Hunter Dickinson is for real, if they're at least a decent three-point shooting team, if they stay healthy, that's obviously always a big one. If Bill Self figures out how to best defend with the traditional center on the team, right? Is Hunter Dickinson going to be able to do the same things they did with David McCormick? That was good enough to win a title. That team, though, had a bunch of wings that they could switch around. What are they going to be able to do with this team? If Bill Self can figure it out, and typically he does, so I'd expect him to, uh, the defensive end. And if one of, if not both of, Nick Timberlake and El Marco Jackson hit, I think you live up to the expectations. In terms of how they fall short, in terms of if they do not win a Big 12 title or you know, it is a short-lived NCAA tournament run. Injuries is a big one, and that's always a big one for every team, but especially this team with the lack of depth and scholarship players that they have. If the team doesn't mesh well, but by all accounts, it feels like to me the team has meshed well. And honestly, that is actually one positive of having a shorter rotation and a shorter uh, amount of scholarship players is that the team can mesh a little easier. going to be harder to have more guys sitting on the bench being unhappy that they're not getting more playing time and that the three-point shooting is bad. I don't think the three-point shooting is going to be great for this team. They just need it to be decent. They just need to be average, above average. If the three-point shooting is bad or you're having trouble spacing the floor, um, then all of a sudden it could lead to some problems. And for what I, it's worth, I think this would be a bigger issue in the postseason than it would in the regular season, but it would still obviously matter nonetheless. Uh, let's continue on with some of the player award preseason picks for KU basketball and uh, what we think of it all and uh, more thoughts on the Big 12. First, though, this episode of the show is brought to you by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is the most fun that you can have getting up to 25 times your money this football season. You can also go on the World Series with baseball. You just select two or more players, up to six, and you pick more or less on their projected stats and place your entries. You can do like a pitcher, more or less, five strikeouts, and then you can combine it with more or less of Patrick Mahomes passing yards and more or less on Devin Neal rushing touchdowns, right? You can put it all together with a minimum of two, maximum of six. It's really simple to play. You can make your picks and submit your entry in less than 60 seconds. And you can pick their flex payout. If you're like, hey, I only think four of these six are going to hit, you can get partial payouts. Or you can go for the big enchilada and go for the bigger rods. 
You can personalize your experience, and it's super fun. Go to prizepicks.com slash college and use code LOCKEDONCOLLEGE for a first deposit match up to $100. That's prizepicks.com slash college with code LOCKEDONCOLLEGE for a first deposit match up to $100. PrizePix, daily fantasy sports made easy. I'm Cindy Lauper. My psoriasis was all over, even on my scalp, which may mean four times the risk for psoriatic arthritis. But Cosentix works on both. Cosentix secukinumab is prescribed for adults with moderate to severe plaque psoriasis 300 milligram dose and adults with active psoriatic arthritis 150 milligram dose. Don't use if you're allergic to Cosentix. Before starting, get checked for TB. Serious allergic reactions, severe skin reactions that look like eczema, and an increased risk of infections, some fatal, have occurred. Cosentix may lower ability to fight infections, so tell your doctor if you have an infection or symptoms like fevers, sweats, chills, muscle aches, or cough, had a vaccine or plan to, or if IBD symptoms develop or worsen. Learn more at Cosentix.com or one 1- 844-COSENTIX. Ask your doctor about Cosentix. On to the uh, award section of this for KU basketball in the preseason. Hunter Dickinson was picked as the Big 12 preseason player of the year. He was also picked as the Big 12 newcomer of the year. Dewan Harris, meanwhile, was picked on the all-conference first team, which we'll wait and see on that one. Uh, with Hunter Dickinson, like, there is a question I have. Like, if, if Hunter Dickinson doesn't end up up the big 12 player of the year at the end of the season, like he is in the preseason. What does that mean for KU? I think that actually could be pretty bad. Not to say that that means he's playing bad or the team, but like, think about it this way. Typically the, the player who wins player of the year in the big 12 is on the team who won the conference. Well, if you're having as good of a season as you expect, okay, Kansas, then pick your best player from Kansas and you figure Hunter Dickinson's just going to put up huge totals. So if Kansas wins the conference and Hunter Dickinson's averaging 17 and eight or 17 and nine, it's going to be hard not to give him the conference player of the year, which means for him not to win preseason player of the year is probably a bad sign about the team performance for KU. But Dewan Harris, even though he's selected all first team in the big 12, and even though I believe he is a top five player in the big 12 and that if, if coaches were having a draft of all the big 12 players, he would go in the top five in terms of his value. He's the big 12 defensive player of the year. He is the best passer in the big 12. He's the best pure point guard in terms of leading an offense getting together. I think when it's all said and done at the end of the season, I would almost be surprised if he ends up being all big 12 first team. Again, I think the value of it, he should be. And if I'm voting on it, assuming the season that I think he's going to have, I would put him there. But a lot of times, once we get to the postseason awards, too many of these voters, it's all about, oh, you put up 18 points. Sorry, Dewan, you only put up eight and seven. I know your value is actually more on this winning team, but that guy put up 18 points, even though he shot 38% from the field, right? And so that guy ends up getting picked higher. So we'll see if that ends up happening. I hope it does, because I think the value deserves it. Kevin McCuller was honorable mention pick. Um, that seems about right, because I, I don't think you can, it's tough to get him on the first team, but I guess it wouldn't shock you if at the end of the season he's first or second team because I think he's going to put up bigger totals. I could see him put up, you know, 14 points per game with good rebound numbers, good defensive numbers, and that could be enough if Kansas wins the league to, to get him on that list. Now, the full first team is LJ Cryer from Houston, previously at Baylor, Emmanuel Miller at TCU, who's kind of their uh, small ball four, Max Asmus at Texas, and then Harris and uh, Dickinson. Jamal Shedd at Houston, Tyler Perry uh, at Kansas State, Dylan DeSue. Are all guy or at uh, Texas are all guys I'm super intrigued by that I think could threaten for that list postseason. Uh, Shed I think is really good. He's a good passer, all around player, defender for Houston. Perry I think is going to put up really big numbers, twenty plus points per game for Kansas State. And with Desue, um, he was putting up monstrous numbers over the last like four weeks of the season before he got injured and, and missed the Elite Eight game for Texas. I think they could all threaten to make the postseason list. 
I might take off Emmanuel Miller. LJ Cryer is going to probably put up good points numbers, but he doesn't do uh, enough else of the other numbers that I'd probably sub Perry for Cryer. And then I'd probably sub, um, I don't know. I, I, I might be comfortable putting DeSue on there for Emmanuel Miller, but I think that one's kind of a toss up. Uh, as far as KU though, they're the only team with two of the five, which speaks to, you know, having two of the best players in the conference and why you have high expectations. They're also one of just three teams in the big 12 with three or more players listed with the combination of both the all big 12 first team and the honorable mention votes. The other ones are Baylor who has Jalen Bridges, Jacoby Walter and Ray J Dennis. All are honorable mention guys though. They don't have any on the first team like Kansas does. And then Texas is the other one. They have Ace Smith on the first team. DeSue, Tyrese Hunter, and Dylan Mitchell, all honorable mention guys. I don't know who gave Dylan – because to get honorable mention, that means somebody voted you for first team. I don't know who voted Dylan Mitchell for first team. I mean, Dylan Mitchell, really good athlete, former five-star. Can the dude shoot, though? I mean, are, are we going there already? Like, he might end up being really good. He might take that leap. But last year, it wasn't even close to these teams. So, I, I don't know who voted for that. But nonetheless, they got four, so they have the most technically. Um in total, 16 players were mentioned, which basically would give you a first, second, and third team player like you had in the postseason. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised when it's all said and done if if KJ Adams is one of the players for KU that is on one of these postseason lists because I could see him putting up, you know, 11, 12, 13 points per game, four or five rebounds per game on high efficiency, getting a couple assists per game that he winds up on a, a second or third team with, with good defense. So I think you actually will end up with more than you have right now, which again is three players of the 16 mentioned. I could see you ended up with four of the top 15 on the first, second, and third team come postseason. And I guess it's possible too. Nick Timberlake or Marco Jackson sneaks on there or gets an honorable mention nod if, if they hit two, but I definitely take the over on three and a half. Either way, it's a good representation of the talent you have. And if Dickinson lives up to the player of the year billing, it's both going to mean he was great to KU. And it would mean that the Jayhawks really found a way to integrate him into a team and play him next to KJ Adams. And honestly, maybe going back to the KJ idea, if KJ ends up like, if you could guarantee one player ends up on an all big 12 team. So if I said you can guarantee Hunter Dickinson, first team, uh, let's say Dewan Harris, first team, Kevin McCuller, second team, or KJ Adams, third team. I think you would almost take the guarantee of KJ Adams, third team, because in this hypothetical, well, you're like, oh, I think even without a guarantee, Hunter Dickinson can get that first team. If you're saying KJ Adams is on that, you know, third team, that guarantees that he had a really good season and that it really worked integrating him and Hunter Dickinson together. And when you look at the rest of the list of the 16 players on the uh, awards, the only other big men are Dylan DeSue, honorable mention, and then Jesse Edwards for West Virginia got an honorable mention, the transfer from Syracuse, which kind of further emphasizes that on both ends of the ball, offensively, Hunter Dickinson's going to have so many mismatches on offense, just getting down in the post. I think further, KJ Adams is going to be able to bully some small ball fours in the post or get to the rim or run pick and roll or whatever it is. On the offensive end or the defensive end, though, is where it becomes interesting because not a lot of teams have those true centers. Kansas is going to have to figure out that defensive end of the floor. How are they going to play it? How are they going to drop coverage? Are they going to ice ball screens? There's a lot of different schematic things that they can do that it's probably going to take some tweaking for Bill Self over the course of the season, and they probably won't iron out. Because right now, I think Ken Palm has them preseason number one defense in the country. I could see them being a little bit slower on that end of the floor early on, although I think they'll have good rim protection, that they'll be a good defense early on. But I could see them not hitting their stride till they fully figure out what they want to do schematically till kind of in the middle of the Big 12 season on the defensive side of the ball. Okay, I have uh, more Big 12 thoughts here to finish up. First, this episode of the show is brought to you by Jace Medical. Don't be caught unprepared. The Jace case provides five life-saving antibiotics for emergency use, 
All it takes to get a Jace case is fill out a simple online form. And in some cases, jump on a quick call with one of their board-certified physicians. Get ongoing care from their physicians on any treatment-related questions. Doctor-created, doctor-recommended. Jace Medical is simple. Go online, fill out a form, then you get a prescription of life-saving medications right to your door. I got it. It was super easy. It took me less than five minutes to fill out the form. The Jace case gives you peace of mind so that you're not just hoping they have access to medication in an emergency. Jace Medical makes sure you have medication in hand. Get $20 off on these life-saving antibiotics today from Jace Medical by using my code Locked on at checkout on jacemedical.com. That's J-A-S-E medical.com. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Finishing things up, thoughts on the Big 12. Uh, I wanted to get into who I think is too high and too low on some of the Big 12 predictions. For me, too low, Kansas State. They were picked sixth. I think I at least would have them at number five. I'd be comfortable putting them up all the way to number three, to be honest with you, because I think Tyler Perry is going to be one of the best guards in the Big 12. I think he's going to be one of the five best players in the Big 12, and I like the rest of the roster. Kaluma and Tomlin, those are a couple of other good players for them. Um, too low, also, I could see Texas Tech. I think you know, uh, I could see them finishing in the top half. I could see them finishing around the five to seven range. Grant McCasland always had good defenses at North Texas. Uh, they run a slow tempo, so it's going to be, you know, a change of pace for other teams when you play them across the league. And uh, some of the transfers they brought in, I think, are good players. And I can see Pop Isaacs kind of taking on what was the Tyler Perry role for him at North Texas with McCasland. I think Pop Isaacs is going to have a, a nice jump up this season. And, uh, yeah, I, I kind of like Texas Tech to, to finish a little better and be an NCAA tournament team. BYU, I could see uh, being a lot better. They picked uh, whatever it was, like 12th or 13th. Um, I think there's some interesting players there that they're going to space the floor a little bit. They've got kind of this like bowling ball four five man who's really good down low. I think BYU could surprise a little bit of people. I trust Mark Pope as a head coach. Now, the two high list, I think TCU might be a little bit too high. Uh, number five, I can see them finishing maybe seventh, you know, sixth to eighth range. So I think a little bit too high there. I have questions losing Mike Miles, who was so good for you, even though you bring in some good transfers at the guard position. I don't know, not enough there with the shooting. And if you're trying to replicate what you did last year with insane athletes and guards getting downhill, okay, that's fine. I think you'll still be good at it, but it's hard to replicate exactly how good you were at it last year. So maybe it's a slight step back there for TCU. Maybe Cincinnati, if we're putting like BYU higher, uh, West Virginia to me is the ultimate wild card. You could convince me they finish 10th. You could convince me they finish fourth. You know, they're the ultimate team that has the widest range of outcomes. And I think part of it is because of the, some of the coaching stuff. But it uh, feels like with Kansas, floor and ceiling, ceiling probably number one. What's the absolute floor? I don't know, number two. It's hard to see this team barring injury. Injuries all injury can change the floor on any team. But barring that stuff, it's hard to see this team finishing, you know, any worse than behind Houston by like maybe a game, right? Um, so that, that's what it feels like to me. I guess it's possible that, again, barring injury, injury changes things, but that maybe things don't mesh and maybe they finish like third or something and, and it's clunky and they're not shooting threes and it looks more like the Diedrich Lawson Kansas team, which I think finished third or fourth in the Big 12. So I guess maybe that would be the floor, but I think the ceiling is more achievable outcome here for KU basketball. All right, that'll 
for this show of Locked on Jayhawks. You can find our shows anywhere you get any of your podcasts. I don't know if we'll have another show later this week, so uh, catch up on anything you missed. I'm going to be out of town the rest of the week, bye week and all uh, that sort of jazz. But have a great rest of your week, and uh, see you with another edition of Locked on Jayhawks at some point.